hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board after the Minnesota Wild complete a 3-0 week. Outstanding without a doubt. Uh, we have we saw Devin Dubnik tweak a knee, is, is what we believe, at MCL, so he's week to week. That was in the Calgary game in the first period. We'll talk about that shortly. Alex Stalock takes over, and it's just outstanding. And, uh, well, a very nice week for Alex Stalock, of course, going against the two teams that basically kind of turned him away. The San Jose Sharks is where he played most of his games previously, and then Toronto went there afterward, and they just basically said, don't bother, we're going to send you to the AHL team or whatever, just go home or whatever. And then the Minnesota Wild end up scooping him up uh, the summer of 2016, and, well, you know, there he is. He spent most of the season in the AHL, unfortunately, but then a, a late call-up at the end of the season and everything. The Wild then commit to him as the backup this season, and he's just been wonderful. Wonderful addition, of course, from Minnesota. We all know that is Alex Stalock. So let's get rolling. San Jose Sharks, December the 10th. Sunday, December the 10th, after the Vikings lost to the Carolina Panthers. That was a bummer. Check out Purple Mafia if you haven't yet. That's a Minnesota Vikings podcast, of course. The Shark Tank, things look so positive. The Wild have had such wonderful success. I made a, I wouldn't say I made a bet because he already gave, <laughs> he already gave me a, a nice uh, pa- uh, box of beer last year. That was really awesome. That's Chris from the Teal Town podcast, one of about three or four hosts of that show. Pretty pretty cool show out there. Um, I just offered if I if if we lose that I'll send him some Surly Benders. Never heard back from him. Hopefully all is well. Uh, shout out to Chris if you're listening. Hopefully so. Next time the Wild lose, I will send him some Surly Bender at a bare minimum because he was so generous when they won. I mean, I'm not expecting uh, if if we win for him to send me anything at this point because yeah, he was so generous last time around. I owe him uh, owe him a lot. So thanks. <laughs> but um, the Wild opened things up early in that first period, two to nothing. Ryan Murphy his first goal. It was on the power play. First goal at the Minnesota Wild, of course. Uh, fairly high draft pick. In 2011, by the Carolina Hurricanes, first-round pick, of course, Eric Stahl and Jason Zucker have been working together extensively. Of course, the Lions keep shuffling all over the place, and you just knew Brent Burns would score at some point in this game, as he had only one goal not that long ago, and then he got his second. Now he gets his third and fourth against the Wild. Big shocker, right? But Eric Stahl would have a multi-goal game as well. Uh, we'll just get to that in a minute, though. Ultimately, Eric Stahl putting the Wild up 3 nothing. Ryan Murphy, a multi-point game. Unfortunately, it's the only game so far that Ryan Murphy has had points in. Of course, he's been the uh, right shot pairing with Jonas Brodeen in the second pairing defenseman, second blue liners, and Ryan Murphy's made enough of an impression that there's talk that the Goose, Gustav Olsson, or Mike Riley could possibly be traded away at some point to make room, uh, ultimately to keep Ryan Murphy. Uh, that also makes things very interesting as well because, well, if Gustav Olsson is traded, he's a left shot, so maybe that opens the door for a Carson Soucy or Nick Sealer. So there's your opportunity. The hope is that something Wild haven't had since they had Willie Mitchell as a stalwart anchor defenseman. That's what Willie Mitchell brought to this team. We've never had it again, that Richard Matvichuk type that could pair up with a Matt Dumba or something, you know, something like that, somebody you know is a stalwart defenseman that's not only good at what he does, he's, he's physical, but again, a spectacular defenseman like uh, Willie Mitchell was. Imagine him with the Matt Dumba. That would have been a great, great uh, pairing, I think, ultimately at the end of the day. 
of course, as long as the right left shot thing worked out. I, I know that's a thing. Maybe it's overrated. Maybe it's underrated. It's, it's important, though. Maybe sometimes some guys need to be a little more versatile to be able to play on both sides. Of course, that, Kyle Quincy basically said he would, and then right after he signed his contract, he didn't want to. So, sounds like a lot of people in the workplaces <laughs> these days, once they get hired, they're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. You know, they get complacent kind of, but okay, I'm just kidding. Uh, Wild go up 3 to nothing. Wonderful. Uh, Eric Stahl, 12th goal of the year, 11th and 12th goals of the year. Things look so positive. And then you just kind of had this weird feeling in the back of your neck, especially when, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the bottom of your throat, especially when Brent Burns was able to score on the power play late in the second period. And the floodgates opened. It's like the Sharks just kind of took over the game all the way to the end of regulation. It was frightening. I mean, it's a miracle the Wild didn't lose this game in regulation, the way the Sharks just went ape leap on the Wild after that. Uh, Alex Stalock, man, I mean, he faced shot after shot after shot. It was a nightmare. It was horrifying. Uh, Brent Burns, Thomas Hurdle, and others just going after him like crazy. I'm surprised they only had 34 shots total, but that's because how few shots they had had before that. Yule uh, Eriksson, of course, back with the club. He's been playing wing. He's been playing center, this and that. He's been playing wing on Matt Collins' line, which is the third line. You've been seeing Daniel Winnick centering the fourth line. It's been pretty good for the most part. The guy has, like, no scoring ability, though, which is frustrating. Uh, there was a play in the Toronto game we'll talk about later where, oh, I mean, all he had to do was shoot the puck. He's right next to the goalie. He tries to go for the pass and passes it right into the defender for Toronto. Just, what was the point? It was <laughs> stupid. But uh, Eric still ultimately three points in the game. He was player of the week on most websites, this and that, out there. Minnesota Wild Hardcore and such. Pavel Bunyat posting that up there. Uh, yeah, just an outstanding week for Eric Stahl. Though probably a different, though he'll, he will be a candidate for the Mike Madonna Award, but you can probably guess who's going to get it this week. Uh, just a wonderful, positive week for Alex Stalock, ultimately, at the end of the day. The Wilds survive, thank God. They go to overtime, and once again, the Minnesota Wild in overtime, they just did not let the Sharks have the puck. They, I mean, there was a little bit, it was, it was like they played keep away. The whole time, they kind of slowed things down and then attacked the net. And that's kind of been the approach for the Wild. Last year, Minnesota could not handle overtime whatsoever. They would just get skated around. It seemed like they were trying to play a slow, plotting style in overtime. Where, in this case, they had to slow things down a little bit. But at the same time, they controlled the puck. And they stayed in the zone. They stayed in the shark zone the whole time. That's what was so impressive, is how well... The Wild were able to keep staying in the zone. You had Dumba. You had, you had two defensemen most of the time out there. Dumba and, of course, Suter out there in the overtime period. Uh, sometimes Coyle, sometimes Granlin, this and that. And ultimately, Nito Niederreiter would finish and save the day. And it was just, oh, man, a wonderful, wonderful feeling as Nito Niederreiter would finish, making a move past Adam Jones of the Sharks, just finishing it, and Nito Niederreiter, of course, it's been a while since he's had an overtime winner. Like, of course, very his most famous goal of his career was against uh, the Colorado Avalanche years ago in the seventh game, very similar to Andrew Brunette in that sense, a roadie where the Avalanche were pretty much the better team most of the game, and the Wild survived going to overtime. The Wild were the better team for the first half or so of the game, and the Sharks took over and just went ape crap. It looked like for sure the Wild were going to blow a 3-0 lead, lose the game. Of course, they did blow the lead, but they did not lose the game. As ultimately, overtime period, the Wild controlled the puck pretty much the entire time. I mean, the Shark never hardly even saw it. Niederreiter ending up finishing by just basically going to the net and making a move and putting it past Adam Jones of the San Jose Sharks, which made us all feel a huge sigh of relief. Uh, it sucks giving up 
Martin Jones, pardon me. I'm going crazy. I don't know why I'm calling him Adam Jones. I'm getting him mixed up with someone else. But a nice uh, nice move at the end of the day. I need a writer and the Wild do survive. Again, I apologize for the whole Adam Jones. It's Martin Jones. I'm getting him mixed up with someone else for some damn reason. Obviously, we know who he is. One of the better up-and-coming goaltenders in the NHL. He's had his time in the league. Still still young, still getting better and better for those San Jose Sharks. And, of course, remember <laughs> Alex Stalock played with the Sharks, had, a, had one good season, and then things dropped off a bit. Next thing you know, they got rid of him. And, of course, he spent a uh, significant time in the AHL for San Jose and for the Toronto Maple Leafs coming to Minnesota and, of course, spending <laughs> AHL time in Iowa. So, again, apologize for the Adam Jones. It just came out. I'm getting him mixed up with... Uh, Another athlete out there. Stupid. And I do deeply, deeply apologize for that. Uh, the 12th of December, the Minnesota Wild play the Calgary Flames. And you see overtime period again. I mean, it's just the Wild in overtime. They're working overtime, boy. Ooh, they're working overtime. A lot like us at my job lately. For the most part, anyway. Um, a very low-scoring game. Not the funnest thing you ever saw. This was not the most entertaining game in the world. But Calgary would have scoring chances. Minnesota only 22 shots on net. A very tight defensive game. Kind of two teams almost like they're playing not to lose in a sense. In a sense, but at the same time, two teams that respect the offense of the other club. Because obviously both of these teams can score goals. I mean, the Wild have goal scores at the end of the day. Devin Dubnik was outstanding. Uh, the Flames were a lot better than the Wild for pretty much the whole game. But luckily the goaltending from Dubnik and Alex Stalock much better. Uh, ultimately... The Sharks getting 27, or the Sharks, see now I'm going crazy. The Calgary Flames getting 27 shots at goal on Devin Dubnik and Alex Stalock. 10 shots in that first period. It looked like the Flames were going to blow the Wild right out of the rink. But Devin Dubnik was great, and he had tweaked his knee at some point in the period, in the latter half of the period, and he remained out there. Uh, so, and there wasn't much talk about it at the time, maybe just a little bit, but not a whole lot. Uh, they're saying, of course, the whole lower body injury and then other outlets are saying it's an MCL sprain, strain, that type of thing. And it's a week-to-week situation for Devin Dubnik after the MRI. And whenever you hear the words MRI, it's a knee. It's not the... I mean, people were thinking, oh, it's probably a groin. And it's, no, I, I don't think it was, you know, it wasn't a groin when they talk about MRI. It's more than likely a knee. And that's what it is, week-to-week. So Alex Daylock will definitely get extended period to uh, a time to be the starting goalie for the Wild and to continue to improve the goals against average, which uh, was way up in the threes because of a couple of nasty games like that stupid Winnipeg game. Uh, Berglund would ultimately beat uh, Alex Stalock in the second period. Of course, Matt Collins scoring late in the third period, just kind of finishing on a situation in front of the net where the puck wasn't frozen. Luckily, juicy rebounds and such. Ryan Suter putting the puck on net. Yul Eriksenek putting some effort into it, trying to finally score a second goal with the Minnesota Wild this year. But then Matt Cullen scores a second goal. So there you go. That's the <laughs> Matt Cullen ultimately gets his second goal, kind of swinging that puck on net. Almost got a second goal in the game as well. Almost had a two-goal game, did Matt Cullen. And he had a couple opportunities against the Toronto Maple Leafs as well, believe it or not. Uh, Matt Cullen's been significantly better, I would have to say, the past week or so. Just an older guy, of course, 41 years old. It was kind of getting the engine running during the course of the first month or so of the season, month, month and a half of the season. But he's starting to get a little more in stride. Don't know, though. I mean, he's at that stage where it's probably most likely his last season in the NHL. It's got to be at this point. Um, happy for that, though. Uh, Ferland had 
Ferland ultimately, boy, he should have had his 13th goal of the season as well. He did get his 12th, of course, for that top line with Johnny Goudreau. has just been incredible. And Shane Monahan, who's just, you know, he's the top goal scorer for the Calgary Flames. Goudreau's the overall star of the team. Ferland, though, should have finished. He had Stalock beat, but he shot it just a little bit too high. He, he would have had it easily over Stalock's shoulder. There was so much space between Stalock and the top of the net as he got Stalock down. Put the puck over. It would have been uh, Stalock's left shoulder, but nope. Hit the top of the <laughs> hit the top of the net. Hit the the post on the top of the net, so to speak. And the Calgary Flames heartbroken with that one. And ultimately, the Wild survived an, an overtime period that wasn't the best thing you ever saw. You saw you got to the shootout. You had a pretty uh, <laughs> you had a pretty nice goal by uh, Chris Stewart. And then you saw Johnny Goudreau. Uh, Johnny Goudreau. I, I don't know, man. That was a that didn't look like a good goal. I mean, he's kind of sliding almost past Stalock, and he was trying to lull him to sleep with a stick handling and just kind of skating laterally. And I'm thinking, that can't be good, can it? It, it just didn't look legitimate, ultimately. Uh, good draw, though. I, I didn't like that one. I don't think a lot of people did. It didn't look like it should have been legal. I thought he ran out of time with that, uh, that he had skated past Stalock. Ultimately, was able to flip it past him, which is pretty wacky and pretty wild as Taylor tried to lunge for the puck and push it away. Of course, uh, Mr. Mikhail Granlin putting a nice move past Mike Smith, of course, the veteran who used to be Devin Dubnik's <laughs> counterpart in Arizona. He was the guy who started over Devin Dubnik. Uh, but a nice move by Granlin on the shootout, and then... Stalock would ultimately stop Verlin right in the center, pretty much, in the low center area. Sperlin tried to put it between Stalock's legs, kind of the old classic uh, Siv-style goal. But <laughs> ultimately, Ferland would be a guy who, boy, he's going to be kicking himself after this one. Of course, couldn't finish on that one. And again, shot it off the top of the net there, off the top, the top post or the top railing of the net, unfortunately, for Mr. Furland. So he's a guy who could have possibly won the game for the Flames. He would have been the star, so to speak. Maybe the Flames would have won in over, uh, won in regulation. Of course, it would have put them up two to one. So that's the story for Mister Furland of the Calgary Flames. Then we head into Toronto. Of course, Alex Jalak is the starter, and the Wild win two to one, uh, two to nothing. Pardon me, Jalak outstanding in the game. Of course, Toronto playing without Austin Matthews. You want to call him Austin Powers or Austin Matthews, but we'll call him Austin Matthews. I don't know. Some some geeks out there might want to use that one. <laughs> Tyler Ennis with another one of his kind of semi-wraparound, slow-motion wraparound type of goals. After the puck was loose, you could see Rob Babcock looked pretty upset on the Toronto bench, yelling at one of his assistant coaches. Coach kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, the puck was just kind of just sitting there. I don't know what the deal was with that one. Um... But Tyler Ennis able to pick it up and just kind of wrap around Frederick, Frederick Anderson. And it was a, you know, I mean, it's a nice skill goal and everything. It's just, I don't know. That's kind of how he does it, Tyler Ennis. He's had a lot of those kind of wraparound spinneroonies this year, sort of, so to speak. Or at least that's most of what his six goals have been this year. Of course, a guy who was looked on most of his career as a skill second line type of a, a winger. And ultimately now he's a fourth liner. He's been relegated to the fourth line most of the season. Third line here and there as well. Started off on the third line. He's been playing with Winnick and Stewart most of the way of late. Of course, the third line has been of the likes of Yul Eriksson-Ak, Matt, uh, Matt Collins been the center, and you've seen uh, Felino 
Felino's usually on the fourth line. Sometimes you see Charlie Coyle on the third line. It's kind of all over the place, but that's mo- mostly where Coyle has been is on the third line. Zach Mitchell all the way up on the top line, believe it or not, with uh, Zucker and Eric Stahl. Kind of a crazy combination there. Uh, sometimes you see, uh, of course, right now the second line has been Koivu, Niederreiter, and Granlund. They, they've been doing well. Coyle, or excuse me, Koivu still hasn't scored in now 22 games. He had opportunities in the Toronto game, just snake bit. He had multiple shots on goal that were pretty close. One of them off the post, heartbreaking there. Charlie Coyle had one off the post. Oh, he had that goal. I mean, Charlie Coyle, you, you thought he had it. Even Eric Stahl thought he had it. As Of course, Stahl and Coyle together on the ice on occasion during the power play and such. And just, you know, line shuffles, this and that. In-game line shuffles. Golden opportunity for Charlie Coyle, ultimately unable to finish. Mikhail Granlin with a Brett Hall type of goal. Nita Ryder, kind of with a reverse pass off the boards to Eric Stahl. And then it's really, you know, that, that classic centering pass that Granlin's ever capable of doing. And, and Jason Zucker, a lot of times Granlin and Koivu set up Jason Zucker for those one-timers. This time it was Granlin getting set up from Stahl. Eric Stahl with, again, a Brett Hall type of goal going down to the knee and one-timing that sucker past Frederick Anderson. It was a beauty. Overall, nice play. Uh, great pass. Great overall kind of 1-2-3 type of punch from Niederreiter and Eric Stahl. Toronto then would den- definitely turn the Jets on. They're down by two. They would come like crazy at Alex Stalek after very few shots in that most of the game. I mean, Toronto struggled to get the puck on net. The Wild defense was stifling. Alex Stalock stopped what came his way. A couple of odd man rushes. Some of them a little bit scary, but Stalock was up to the challenge, and it was a beauty uh, overall night. Uh, Stalock just great with that glove and uh, throughout the night. Mostly, his he's really good glove side, at least from what I've noticed. And, boy, he's been very strong. The Wild overall ended up ended up giving up 28 shots to Toronto, mostly because of that third period again. The third period surge, which is to be expected, especially when it's an empty net situation. Uh, Gustav Olsson and Marcus Foligno scratched in this one. How about that? Foligno scratched in this game. Gustav Olsson, so you got to see Mike Riley out there again. So I think... There's more to the there's more than uh, than meets the eye between Gustav Olsson and Mike Riley at this point. Like who do you trade? Which one of them might give you more? Because again, Ryan Murphy looking like he's earning a spot for now. Uh, he's certainly to me. There's no chance he's going to live up to that first round pick though uh, statistic. Uh, at the end of the day, he's he showed extreme scoring capabilities. 80 points as a blue liner uh, in the OHL one of his uh, one of his seasons there. That's what made him ultimately a first round pick by the Carolina Hurricanes, but so far, I mean, he's, you know, he's had moments, he's had 13-point seasons with the, he's had a 13-point season in about half of the year, so it's equivalent to 26 points or so for the Carolina Hurricanes, 26-27, depending, you know, give or take this and that, so he's capable of of putting points on the board, of course, you know, lighting the lamps and and, uh, setting others up, juicy rebound, whatever it is. Capable of being a factor, uh, but what's what what really hurt him in the past was defensively he just wasn't good. He wasn't in position in the past with Carolina, and well in the AHL he was mostly relegated to that. And now he seems steady defensively, and he's doing a good job with Jonas Brodeen. Seems like a nice steady combination. So it's going to be very interesting when uh, Mr. Jared Spurgeon comes back because both Jared Spurgeon and Zach Barizi. That's right, Zach Barizi have been practicing with the Minnesota Wild. They've both been skating for about a week, but now they're practicing. And so there's a small, there's a legitimate 
legitimate chance, actually, that uh, Jared Spurgeon, you might hear his name next week when I do the podcast, as obviously out there. So that would be pretty interesting to see how the blue line sets up. And talk is that there will be a trade very, very soon. Pat Micheletti and others out there, Lou Nanny even believes it, that there will be some type of a trade coming up fairly soon, uh, maybe really, really soon, in the next week or two. Possibly involving one of the uh, my uh, one of the two between uh, Mike Riley and Gustav Olofsson. Gustav Olofsson is out of options, so you'd have to actually put him on waivers in order to even get him to the AHL. Odds are he might be the guy that gets traded unless teams really like Mike Riley. That's the thing. And then you're kind of committing to Gustav Olofsson on the NHL or the possibility of losing him for nothing. So... There's back-and-forth type of situation there. Gustav Olofsson, see, the thing, I mean, I've been calling him a nothing burger the past week. I mean, defensively, he's average at best. Offensively, I mean, 18 games, one point, you're seeing a whole lot of nothing there. I understand bottom pairing, limited ice time. You know, he's probably, he, he, you know, he's, he's playing out there like he's 19. Like, it's his first year and everything, and he just got there. And, you know, like, like he's a 19-year-old who's just kind of skittish. And that's what's frustrating about Gustav Olofsson. Uh, Riley is more aggressive offensively. I kind of like what he brings more. You're seeing more shots on net, this and that. And, well, he, he's got seven assists on the season. He's he's getting paid paid off for putting the puck on net. Somebody else is putting the puck in, or, or he's setting other players up on a couple occasions throughout the year. I think Riley brings a little bit more, because Gustav Olsen's defense, if it was like stalwart or something, then, okay, I get it. I can handle the fact he hardly ever scores like a Christian Folin, and you're not seeing Christian Folin out of Gustav Olsen, at, at least not yet. Uh, Folin, at one point in time, was very mediocre as well, and he ended up getting better and better, and then he got more and more hurt. It seemed like he was always hurt, and that was the other frustrating side of things. Hopefully Ryan Murphy can kind of help replace uh, what Christian Folin was last year with Jonas Brodeen. Remember, that was a wonderful uh, pairing, and so far Murphy and Brodeen, they've been solid together, so have liked that pairing, the two, the number two pairing. It's a tough situation, of course. Both Gustav Olsson and Mike Riley are left shot, but Riley's been willing to play right shot, particularly during the uh, Kyle Quincy time when Quincy wasn't happy, this and that, uh, with the whole right, right right shot and all that, playing on the right side. So he, he went to the left side, and Riley to the right, this, that. So Riley's maybe more versatile than Olsson. He brings more offensively. So if I favored one of the two, I'd pick Riley. It's just that, see, Gustav Olsen, you took him in the high 50s. So obviously, you know, in the, in the second round, of course. So obviously, you, there has to be value with Gustav Olsen. He was showing signs under particularly uh, Torchetti a couple years ago with the Iowa Wild before Mike Yo ultimately got fired. You saw him get better and better when John Torchetti was the coach of the Iowa Wild. It was kind of nice and it was intriguing. And then the shoulder injuries kind of took over with Gustav Olofsson. He had one shoulder hurt and uh, before that came back, then was strong that next year with Torchetti. And then the other shoulder got hurt and then blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I mean, are his shoulders wasted or is he just playing skittish out there? I don't know what the deal is with Gustav Olofsson. Is he unable to keep up with the speed of the NHL? It seems kind of like a combination of multiple things. Uh, it's like he's good enough to be in the NHL, but like just good enough to be in the NHL. Uh, a lot of people see Mike Riley the same way, but I see a little more promise out of Mike Riley so far. And of course, Nate Prosser's been a wonderful uh, addition to the team. Yep, he's not getting you hurt, this and that. Everybody loves him. I know most of you think, oh, brother, Nate Prosser, who cares, this and that. But at least he's he's adequate. He's not getting you killed like Kyle Quincy was. Because the Wild were losing every single time Kyle Quincy was out there. You've noticed the team's starting to win more games with you know since they made these moves. And, of course, Ryan Murphy filling in wonderfully 
in Jared Spurgeon's stead because uh, in the past, if Jared Spurgeon missed games, the Wild were terrible. I mean, the Wild were 0-4 a couple of years ago, remember, at the end of the... What was that? Yeah, just about two years ago where the Wild were ending a pretty promising season. Well, actually it wasn't. No, that was the... Yeah, that was the year when uh, Torchetti took over. They were hot for a while, then they cooled off. And remember, they lost four games in a row near the end of the season when uh, Jared Spurgeon was out. And then he came back, and the Wild finished fairly strong, finished things up, and then, of course, lost to the Dallas Stars in six. Damn it. But Spurgeon, I mean, his value is unbelievable, and that's why I called him the most valuable player of the team that year, because he was playing his day. I mean, if Spurgeon isn't playing, the Wild aren't good. So uh, the value of Ryan Murphy has definitely been noted, and that's why uh, we may be looking to make a move. But also, i got to think long-term, though, and really short-term as well, because Susie and Steeler aren't getting any younger. They're like 23-24 already. And it gets to that point when a guy's 23-24, they sink or swim in the NHL. It's time to get going. You know, I mean, very few guys emerge at, at 28. Once in a while, like Dowd and West Walls and stuff, because they got an opportunity with an expansion team, kind of like with certain guys in Vegas. But other guys who obviously were already good, but they're getting more ice time, like Eric Halla. Eric Halla deserved to be in the NHL. He's getting more ice time, and he's really making the best of it over there in Las Vegas, where, again, I will continue to say the Las Vegas Golden Knights will make the Stanley Cup playoffs in their first season, which is easily the first thing to ever happen. They are the first or fastest team to get to 20 wins in their expansion season, and it's not even January, so insane. I mean, really good job by the Las Vegas Golden Knights so far. Gerald Gallant, uh, James Neal, and others over there. And, of course, uh, Fleury coming back. Mark andre Fleury for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. An amazing job by Supine and others <laughs> holding down the fort during that time. Incredible story there, the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm applauding what they've accomplished. Now you're getting conversations of up to four more expansion teams. Are you kidding me? That's a lot. Uh, Seattle is at the top of the uh, conversation there. There's other possibilities. Houston is a possibility, in fact, becoming a very strong one. I'd like to see Quebec City come back again. That would be great. The Quebec, uh, what were they called? Quebec Nordiques, pardon me. Of course I knew that. Love their old logo. Watch them bring in something weird and not and not that exciting, kind of like the Winnipeg Jets did. That was heartbreaking a little bit. Um, there was talk about the Portland Penguins, remember, back in the day, but of course that never happened because when Sidney Crosby got there... <laughs> <laughs> they were staying at Pittsburgh until hell phases over, and that's basically what's going on. All right, so kind of an elongated wrap-up to this segment, but I've enjoyed it very much, actually. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Of course, again, Gustav Olsen out of options, so again, if you were to send him down to the AHL, well, you're going to lose. You're, there's, there's a chance you're going to lose him. Pretty strong chance. Um, Kyle Quincy has just been kind of invisible ever since. Kind of sad. I could imagine he's frustrated right now. He did clear waivers, and he's just kind of not in the picture. So, yeah, I bet he's like, yeah, I can't even imagine. But that I, I don't know. He's just he's kind of at a crossroads right now with his career. I got to say, um, the Mike Madonna Award will go to Alex Daylock. Uh, honorable mention to Eric Stahl, without a doubt. Even uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the honorable mention is definitely to Eric Stahl, who had a very very strong week. Nice to see Niederreiter getting in the points again. Unfortunately, Charlie Coyle's point streak has been snapped during the course of this week. Uh, didn't score any points, didn't get any assists. Quiet week for him. Zucker, decent here and there. Had some multiple scoring chances, but unable to really have one of his big games. Koivu uh, still as quiet as it gets. Frustrating. God, boy, it's like you don't want to give it to Koivu every week. And I don't know. Uh <sighs> Mm, Gustav Olofsson. I mean, it's got. I'm going to give it to Gustav Olofsson. I mean, multiple penalties. 
in the Sharks game. Just stupid penalties, and I don't know. I mean, and I'm not impressed with Gustav Olsson at all so far. He's gotten chances. They're putting him out there for a reason since the Kyle Quincy demotion, so to speak, and the uh, acquisition of Nate Prosser. You've seen more action for Gustav Olsson, and you've not seen him take it at all. You've not seen him take anything by the reins so far. So Gustav Olsson, to me, has been the uh, James Shepard Memorial for this, uh, this week. So that's uh, been a disappointment. Let's wrap things up. Come back. We'll preview. It'll be like three and a half games because I previewed the uh, Edmonton game last week. So I'm going to kind of just very briefly rehash that. Not really much to say otherwise. And then three more games following. Brave the Wild, segment number two. Time to preview some games. Very briefly, starting off with the Edmonton Oilers, who are seventh in the Pacific Division. I did preview this game last week, so I'll just kind of very briefly go over it again because it's a preview. I do think the Wild will win 4-2 over the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, goaltending problems. We know about uh, Cam Talbot allowing three goals a game. Edmonton Oilers have struggled greatly. He does, believe it or not, have a shutout on the season. Ryan Nugent Hopkins has been a nice... uh, Renaissance. Well, then again, he's a young guy, but I mean, he's finally starting to emerge again after a good start to his career. Things slowed down dramatically after that, but overall, a team that's underachieving, particularly goaltending and defensively, despite the acquisition of Adam Larson a year ago. Uh, this team is definitely missing Adam Hall right now. Leon Dreisaitl has missed a couple games this season, and it didn't help. He's certainly not having a great season. He's not having a bad season. Connor McDavid is one of the top players in the NHL. We all know that. But it's pretty much been loss, win, loss, win, loss for the Edmonton Oilers. They've been shut out twice this past week by Toronto and Nashville. Ouch. Frederick Anderson and, of course, uh, <laughs> Pekka Rinne most recently. Hopefully the Wild can continue this going on December the 16th this afternoon. So by the time you're listening to this, who knows? Depending, this game might already be over. So I do apologize for that. It's just the way my schedule is. Connor McDavid, again, one of the best players in the league. Alex Stalock will be in that. You would have thought it would have been Dubnik, and it would have been Dubnik, but he's hurt. So that's the story at the moment. The Minnesota Wild um, <laughs> at the stage will be, uh, uh, hopefully, they, I, I'm still expecting a 4-2 to type of win for the Wild, 4-2, to 3-1 type of win for Minnesota over the Edmonton Oilers. We will now move forward. Uh, well, I'm going to look at the I'm going to look at the future games. Of course, this is a uh, three game series during the course of the season because yeah, I mean you have the <laughs> they're they're out of division, but Western Conference. This is the first game, and then and then uh, Saturday, March 10th. Wow, that's not until March 10th, and then April 2nd for Edmonton. So Minnesota and Edmonton won't be playing again for a long time. And believe it or not, at the beginning of the season, I had these two teams in the Western Conference Finals, which uh, might uh, make some of you kind of cringe or, or laugh a little bit, but. Well, it kind of is what it is, eh? So we'll move on <laughs> quickly here, if humanly possible. Next game uh, is, wow, it's a back-to-back situation. Will you see Steel like a net both times? Possibly because you got an extra five hours. So it's not like 24 hours. It's more like 29 hours. So possibly Steel like a net against the Chicago Blackhawks in Chicago, in United Center. Fifth place in the Central Division. Got to like that. But still, they are the Blackhawks. They're tied with the Wild. 
they have uh, the Wild actually have one game in hand versus the Blackhawks. Blackhawks 32, the Wild 31 games played, 37 points apiece. The Minnesota is in the postseason. If the season ended today, oh goody, <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad. I but again, um, it's kind of they've been in a, we've been in a tie with the Dallas Stars for the uh, top wild card position. Chicago has won four games in a row. Minnesota's won four, but so has Chicago. They've beaten Buffalo and Arizona and Florida, big deal. But then a five to one thrashing of the Winnipeg Jets most recently. Hmm, in Winnipeg. Hmm, the plot thickens. Of course, Corey Crawford, statistically, uh, analytics, all that, is the best goalie in the NHL right now. And he was the best goalie in the NHL against the Wild last time these teams played, unfortunately. So, and he's pretty much the toughest goalie the Wild go up against. As I try not to cough to death, he's been a thorn in the Wild side for quite a while. Now, of course, that was a 2 nothing shutout on April, on April. That's cute. Uh, November the 4th. The Wild thrashed the Blackhawks, believe it or not, in Chicago. Remember, things went very south after the non-offsides uh, call on, I believe it was, yep, Jason Zucker. Things went south very quickly, 5-2 to two Minnesota when it was a tie game. Minnesota scoring three goals in a very, very brief period there in the third period. And you just saw the frustration and the anger out of Coach Quinn there in Chicago. And then, of course, Crawford with a 2 nothing shutout in Minnesota. Very frustrating and sad for all of us here. <laughs> Twin Cities at St. Paul, XL Energy Center, of course. Patrick Kane and Alex Debrincat. <laughs> Those are the top two guys right now. Jonathan Taves right there, though. And after that, you get a Schmaltz's alt. And, uh, yep, <laughs> I call him Schmaltz's alt. Nick Schmaltz. Schmaltz's alt is from, uh, <laughs> is from Shell's Brewery. Um, it's been a frustrating season for the Blackhawks generally, but they're starting to pick things up. Uh, Ryan Hartman had that huge start to the season and dropped off because he's just, you know, he's okay. He's one of those guys that starts off hot, ready to roll, and then down he goes. Uh, Patrick Sharp is definitely on the decline in his career. He's way down there now, only nine points. He's never been that big of a star, but yeah, obviously he's, he was a valuable piece to this club. Duncan Keith had a slow start to the season. He's been kind of creeping back into the swing of things, stealing the goal, goal free this season for Duncan Keith, 15 assists for him. Remember Jonathan Taves had that bone-crushing hat-trick for the Wild. Just killed us last year. Heartbreaking. Patrick Kane ever capable of scoring every single time he touches the freaking puck against the Wild. Every single time. Uh, Blackhawks are on the verge of starting a massive road uh, road trip, six-game road trip into Dallas, New Jersey, uh, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, New York Rangers. Hopefully they struggle in that stretch. Uh, Minnesota is in Chicago this time around again, like I'm trying to say. Uh, then you go, then you wrap up the season series with uh, January the 10th in Chicago and February the 10th in Minnesota. So literally a month apart in most of these games. Interesting. It's always been an entertaining series. It's one to one right now, and you will get a winner every single time because of the odd number of five games in your division, which is pretty cool, I think. Even though you get sick of looking at some of these guys, uh, Richard Panic, who's been a threat for the Wild in the past, he's having a quiet season. Uh, Brandon Saad has not been that great in his return to Chicago. He was better previously. He was better in uh, uh, Columbus as well with uh, with Tortorella over there, that crazy son of a gun who's calmed down a little bit. Patrick Kane, 12 goals on the year, 32 overall points. He's the leading scorer for the Chicago Blackhawks. No big surprise there, of course, but not having that crazy year. He's, he's on pace for 82 points. 82 games, 82 points. He's a point-to-game guy. Obviously, a great player. We all know that. Um, but he could be having, like, a nothing season, and then there he is, hat-trick against the Wild. And that's just how things go, just like Jonathan Taves struggled so mightily last year. And then here came the hat-trick. So, I don't know where to go with this one. Um, 
I'm having a hard time. Uh, having a hard time with this one. I, you want to pick a win? You believe it, and you know what? This team is on a roll right now, so I will pick a win, believe it or not. The way I will beat the Edmonton Oilers, like I mentioned. I, I, I'm going to pick a win for the Wild in good faith, even though the history would tell you otherwise. Corey Crawford, it, I mean, this is going to be the, you know, and, and the way Alex Stilock has been playing, it's going to be like two to one shootout overtime type of situation. Possibly, you know, I mean, Chicago will possibly get a point out of this. Maybe Minnesota will get a point and the other, you know, it's going to be one of those type of deals where maybe one team just, you know, where, where obviously both teams get something out of it. Um, but I will pick a two to one win for the Wild. Hopefully regulation, that would be better. Alex Stilock will continue his, his surge in that, believe it or not. Um, Hard to believe. Maybe three to two, something like that, and then maybe two to two in the overtime type of thing, like a Matt Dumba, <laughs> Matt Dumba, or somebody like um, Mikhail Granlin finish things off for the Wild. Then it would be somebody like Dumba or Granlin, one of the younger guys, finishes things off in the Wild win in Chicago. Most likely guy to score against the Blackhawks. I'm going to go with Matt Dumba. I think Dumba will score in the game, particularly if it goes to overtime. He's just Darkwing Dumba. He finished things off. So let's keep moving. If humanly possible, Ottawa Senators. Hamburglar's there no more, unfortunately. <laughs> He's moved on. <sighs> but they still have a pretty solid, well, mix. But, boy, they're certainly not playing like they did last year when they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They were a nice little Cinderella story, just like Nashville kind of was, sort of. Kind of, sort of was last year. Um, yeah, they really were. Ottawa Senators, boy, oh, boy. This is Tuesday, the 19th of December. We wrap things up with a trip to Florida Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning. Of course, we'll only preview the Florida one this time. i got to remember, don't preview Saturday games because I record on Saturday. <laughs> Craig Anderson, not as good as he's been the previous years. Mike Condon, not good either. Uh, the goaltending's struggling. The defense has not been good. Eric Carlson, only one goal on the season. He's one of the top players in the league. Not only is a defenseman, but one of the top players on the planet is Eric Carlson. And he's had a down year. In general, the Ottawa Senators have had a down year. And a lot of defensemen have struggled this year. Like Duncan Keith got off to a horrible start. Of course, the Blackhawks' legendary defenseman there. Uh, it doesn't help when you lose valuable players. Of course, Kyle Tourist traded away to the National Predators. I'm sure he's happy there right now. Dion Phaneuf, a long-debated <laughs> player, but obviously very talented for the Calgary Flames and the Toronto Maple Leafs, especially the Flames, though, years ago. He's just, you know, way past his prime. He's just not that good. It's like he, you almost forget he even exists. <laughs> Alex, Alexander Burroughs, remember him with uh, Vancouver? He's dropped off the face of the earth. Um, yeah, it's been a huge struggle. Mark Stone leading the way with 27 points, 14 goals. Mike Hoffman, second on the team in scoring. He always scores against the Wild, and he's had a nice career for the Ottawa Senators, but things not looking good. This could be a long win streak for the Wild, and I don't want to sound too crazy, too excited, but it's possible. Um, it's almost like if the Wild lose a game, it might be the Chicago one, and odds are very strong with that, and then hopefully the Blackhawks struggle after that. This, of course, the start of a two-game series, like it always is with the Eastern Conference. Yep, uh, the 19th of December and the 22nd of January in Minnesota coming up next month. So next month and next year, the Minnesota Wild will host the Ottawa Senators, hopefully a sweep. But the Wild history with Ottawa has been checkered. Uh, this is a very winnable game. It's on the road. Maybe this is one of those weird trap games where you lose. Uh, Ottawa, though, has just been awful of late. They lost four out of, They lost all four games on their road trip. Then they come home and beat the Rangers. They will host the Montreal Canadiens. I expect a two-game win streak for uh, uh, Ottawa coming into that one. And... Uh, it, it is kind of a trap game. This, this team is kind of funny. 
they beat the Wild in some of the weirdest games, like two to nothing, or maybe the Wild go to overtime. I remember a couple of years ago, Darkwing Dumba had his first overtime winner against the Ottawa Senators. That was an, ex- an exciting little finish there. That's when you first started seeing him as a overtime thriller for the Wild, and he's certainly been that. Um, these games are all so winnable. We're going to either lose to Chicago or Ottawa, um, but then again, maybe it's Florida. Florida's that weird, flippity, bleepity, blank team. Maybe you get a two-game losing streak with Florida and Tampa. Those Florida traps suck. So I think I'll leave it at that. I think Minnesota will beat Ottawa uh, along the likes, 3-1 to one type of game. They don't score very often. Again, Alex Stalock will continue the nice, solid run, and then you go face the y- icky, yucky Roberto Luongo and the icky, yucky Florida Panthers. They're sixth place in the Atlantic Division, 12-15. and 15. They're not even close to playoff contention. Luongo's been steady for the most part. James Rayner has not been, uh, Raymer has not been steady. It's kind of been a goalie tandem. He's been terrible. Uh, has not Raymer where Luongo's been outstanding. I would expect Luongo and net. They do have scores, so it's just inconsistency. I would just, you know, unfortunately Luongo's oft injured, and that's been part of the problem. Um, they have nice players up and down the roster. And uh, Huberdeau with 32 points, and Trocek, 32 points, 13 goals for him out of that, and Barkov, three guys in the 30s already in scoring, so about a point a game for all three of those guys, so I'm a little bit worried, I mean more than likely the Wild would lose to Florida or Chicago I'm going to go with the Wild losing to Florida something like 3-2 type of game, I just think the Wild won't win this one uh, Frickin' Luongo will be a net. He'll have a good, strong game. And then you got all these scorers. It might even be 4-2. to two. It might be just one of those yucky nights. And then you go to Tampa, and that'll get just be a frustrating game. Very unlikely win there as well. And then you get three days off and host the Dallas Stars, which will be very pivotal. And then back-to-back with Nashville. Home and away with Nashville for the weekend coming up, Friday, Saturday. Ooh, that'll be pivotal. Ooh. <laughs> so next game, we'll be previewing three games and going into a back-to-back with Nashville. I'll pick the Wild to lose to the Florida Panthers. Most likely guy to score in Ottawa. I picked Chicago with Dumba. Ottawa, I will pick the most likely guy to score. And that game is going to be... Mm, it's going to be somebody like Ryan Murphy. It's going to be somebody kind of out there. I'm going to pick Ryan Murphy to score in that one. In Florida, let's go with Eric Stahl. Uh, Eric Stahl should score against the Florida Panthers. That's just, you know, this is all just fun guessing type of stuff, but the Wild will not win the game. 3-2, to 4-2 to two type of yucky game in Florida. Wild never played well there for some reason, and the Roberto Luongo has had a nice career against the Minnesota Wild for the most part, unfortunately. So, a 3-1 and one week, 2-2 two and two week. I'm going to go with a 3-1 week for the Wild. They've been playing so well, and Alex Jalak has been wonderful in that, and he's getting these golden opportunity to rack up some good numbers, get some wins, and keep this team on a roll. And hopefully we'll see Jared Spurgeon out there. Maybe he'll score against Ottawa or Florida. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe Zach Parisi comes back. Uh, it's unlikely, but they're saying both of these guys are way ahead of schedule. So that's the extremely encouraging part of this conversation. Iowa Wild, well, in, in the collegiate ranks, I'm going to say how guys have really quieted down. Or not quieted down, but it's more of how we're moving into the Christmas break. Christmas break, winter break, whatever you want to call it. Holiday break. I like to say Christmas break, but that's how I roll. Uh, Nick Steeler and Susie, yeah, they're still, you know, holding strong there defensively. Steeler, believe it or not, has six assists and Susie five. Uh, strong week, though, for Justin Kloos 
and Sam Anastu have both had multi-point games this past week. Uh, multiple multi-point games this past week. Justin Clouse only one point behind Pat Kanane right now for the team lead in scoring. Justin Clouse, the Gopher captain, just as recent as last year, has been wonderful for the for the AHL's Iowa Wild. Samanas is really starting to show that scoring capability as well. Multi-goal game just the other night, just just last night. Uh, he's got 17 points in 21 games. He's really really stepped up of late, and it's been a wonderful thing to see. Mario Lucia yet another week goes by, and he's only had six points. Um, he did get his sixth point, believe it or not, not too long ago, but so out of, yeah, it, it's a bummer. Uh, Brennan Menel stuck at 10 points as well, so his uh, scoring has not been great. He's at a minus four, so he stepped back a little bit, but not that bad. Minus four isn't that bad, but he's not at the, uh, he's not a plus player right now, unfortunately. So that's the disappointing part. Mario Lucia, one of the worst on the team, minus 10. Zach Palmquist, Quist, minus 10. Carson Soucy at plus 3. That's extremely encouraging. Nick Sealer, plus 5. He's playing actually even better than Carson Soucy of late. Nick Sealer, very possible call-up. And he is 24 years old, so clock's ticking. He's the same age as Ryan Murphy. So he's a left shot. And if Gustav Olsen gets traded, let's see uh, Nick Sealer or Carson Soucy on the roster very, very soon. But again, they're getting valuable experience down there in Iowa. So one thing of note as well, when you look at the uh, the prospects outside of the AHL, the important prospects per se, Kyle Rao, okay, he might be a fourth line fill in here and there, and yeah, he's he's you know he he's had an okay season so far in the AHL, fourteen points for him. But uh, one thing of note that was really exciting last week is that uh, Jordan Greenway had a hat trick last uh, sat last uh, Saturday, incredible for uh, Boston University, a guy who's struggled to score goals for the most part. He's been more of a playmaking. Uh, power forward for the Boston for Boston University. It's kind of weird to imagine a power forward being a uh, more of a playmaker, but I guess that's how it goes. He had a hat trick last week, his first hat trick in college. Very cool. So now he's at 17 points in 19 games for Hockey East's Boston University. Jordan Greenway, second round pick, 50th overall in 2015. Um, also, this past week, Luke Cunning stuck at six points in 13 games. So he's He's not had the best run so far. It's too bad. So, obviously, we'll see. Uh, one of these days, he's going to break loose, though, I think, for AHL and be back up with Minnesota in the not-too-distant future, in my humble opinion. Again, I already talked about Mario Lucia, guys like that. Um, who else? Um, obviously, uh, Luis Belpedio. He hasn't scored the past couple weeks, but still filling in nicely as the top defenseman and captain of the club over there in Miami University, the Red Knights, or Red Red Hawks, pardon me, 17 points in 18 games, having a very, very, very strong season for the Red Hawks. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, I always like to keep up with uh, Demetrius Sokolov. I'm, I'm going to the wrong people here. Demetrius Sokolov, yeah, always keep up with him. He's had multi-goal games, and now he's really been stepping back up into the swing of things again. He did have a hat-trick again recently, 34 points, 18 goals. And he had a two-goal game not too long ago either. Uh, the guy very capable of just turning it on big time in the OHL, and I can't wait to see him in the AHL at a bare minimum to see if he can keep this up and become that scorer, possibly. That could be something in the NHL and in the not-too-distant future. Still at 19 years of age, so lots of time for Dmitry Sokolov to continue to develop. And well, luckily, again, being a Russian, he is in the United or the North America anyway already in Sudbury there in Canada. <laughs> not the United States, but he's in Canada so that's encouraging. Andrei Svetlikov, 
He's uh, yeah, he's certainly not on the scoring tear that uh, Sokolov is, but he's in the KHL, which is much tougher. 15 points, 27 games for Mr. Svetlakov in the ongoing saga with Kirill Kabrizov. Nobody's denying his skill, his talent. Uh, he continues to be about a point a game over there in the KHL, which is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. And again, you know, you just sit and wait and hope one day Kirill Kaprizov will suit up for the Minnesota Wild. And not the AHL's Iowa Wild. There's no way. He would come here only to be on the Minnesota Wild. Jacob Golden finally got a point the past week. Of course, him and uh, Ivan Ladnia, two of the guys in the uh, the OHL right now. Ivan Ladnia has been signed to a three-year entry contract. So he's been solid uh, uh, for the Erie Otters. Definitely been a scoring machine down there. <laughs> 36 points in 33 games for the Erie Otters. A team who doesn't have a great record either. But it's been, definitely been a strong showing for the Erie Otters. Avery Peterson is in his senior season with the Duluth Bulldogs. Seven points on the season, five of them goals. He's a center for the, <laughs> he's a left-shooting center for the Duluth uh, Bulldogs. I keep wanting to say other names, and i got to stop. Brendan DeHame, that's a name I don't mention very much, but he's been fairly productive in his time with, the, uh, with Providence. Fairly productive. He's a left-winger there, nine points for Providence in college. And then Nick Sweeney has also been with Minnesota Duluth. He's been very productive. Only in his freshman year there, he was a seventh-round pick this past year. Nine points for Nick Sweeney. So that's kind of intriguing. He's one we haven't mentioned very much. Seventh-round pick by the Wild. And he's another, uh, well, he's a uh, right wing that shoots left. That's an interesting combination. From Lakeville, Minnesota, Nick Sweeney. That's a name we're going to be talking about a little bit more on this show here and there as he's emerged fairly nicely with the Duluth uh, Bulldogs. So, nice, nice production. He's a plus four, too, for that club. So, as a freshman, not bad. You uh, Sometimes freshmen don't get a whole lot of action, especially when they're, like, you know, they're not the highest-touted guy. I mean, seventh-round pick for the Minnesota Wild. Usually, if it's a top guy, then, yeah, as a freshman, you're going to get in the action. But uh, Nick Sweeney has been a nice little story there. Nice, quiet little story emerging. 20 years old, Lakeville, Minnesota as he was with the US, uh, USHL's Waterloo Blackhawks in uh, juniors for about four years there, for quite a while. <laughs> Even before he was, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking when he was 16 years old. So, obviously, guys start early in hockey, and we all know that in juniors, because obviously the skill does exist. He was a point a game pretty much in juniors. So, cool. Nick Swainy's a name to keep an eye on, without a doubt. Want to encourage you to... Check out the Twitter account, of course. Please give that a follow, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, if you could. It'd be greatly appreciated. And I want to thank Vince Germano for retweeting the most recent podcast, and of course, uh, Hockey Podcast as well. Thank you very much for retweeting the most recent Brave the Wild show. It is greatly appreciated, and, you know, it just, it, it, it only helps. So uh, I also want to encourage people to please write a positive review for Brave the Wild on iTunes and or Stitcher if humanly possible. It would be greatly appreciated. want to thank you in advance for that, and I will give you a huge shout-out and thank you on the show when I do indeed see it, as I do check weekly. As, again, just appreciate it. It's getting lonely there. Want to want to get some more <laughs> positive reviews. I mean, those of you that have written reviews, I appreciate it very much. It's just been a while. So that's the whole thing. I'm not meaning to complain or anything. It's just, you know, just like to get to some of those positive reviews back in the swing of things. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild is the Facebook page for Brave the Wild. Uh, Emma's going to say MNW Players is also a page I'm an admin for. It is Facebook.com forward slash MNW Players. I will be putting a link 
to both of these and of course everything else phone line and email address all in the show description so everything will be there for for you to either click on a link or copy and paste whatever you want to do so awesome article posted about mr <laughs> louis belpedio by chad wolski on minnesota wild hardcore fun fun to read interesting i i posted it on the page hopefully <laughs> hopefully you've enjoyed it and hopefully chad doesn't mind that i took it of course it's from the athletic so again that's obviously a paid thing to, to get so we do appreciate chad for posting those kurt back says this guy is for real y'all kurt back from <laughs> wait for lake minnesota thank you very much kurt for that always appreciate what you have to say there uh, I forget if there was a visitor post or not. We'll join that up here. And nope, not for a while. So like like an individual visitor post. Sometimes people post in the threads, though. But no individual uh, visitor posts this week. want to thank uh, MNW players again. Also, uh, Pavel Bunyet and Merrick Skyba out of Czech, Czech Republic. want to thank you guys for being a part of uh, this show and uh, obviously for allowing me to be a part of MNW players. They cover all the prospects all the way up to the NHL players, of course, the Eric Stahl, Zach Parisi's down to the products, uh, prospects in Europe, prospects in the AHL, OHL, college rankings, and across the great divide, of course, like Kirill Kabrizov and Kapo Kokkonen, who's been outstanding, the Finnish goalie, who I think will be uh, a starting goalie for this team one day. Uh, also, Pavel Jenis, a, a, a friend of uh, Pavel Bunyad, did have a goal for the uh, Rapid City Rush So this, this past week. He's a sixth-round pick, or was it? No, seventh-round pick for the Wild a few years back. And, well, he's, he's starting to starting to score a little bit down there again. So hopefully Mr. <laughs> Pavel Jennings can emerge and get to the AHL level again and go from there. That would be that would be great. Uh, sounds like a real nice guy, according to Pavel Bunyat. So, again, thanks again for your inclusion and your friendship, Pavel and Mary Skyba. Also, again, want to encourage you to call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. And do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Also, there is another way to get on. There's multiple ways to get on board. The Call Now button on the Facebook page, which goes through Facebook Messenger, uh, through the same number, but through Facebook Messenger. So it doesn't matter where you're from. If you're from the Czech Republic, you're from Canada, you're from Florida, you're from... International Space Station, you will get on the show as long as you have some type of internet connection. You will get on the show in that sense. That voicemail does have a three-minute limit, and then there's a limitless way to get on, of course, which is by using a voice recorder on your smart device, smartphone, whatever it is. Treat it like a phone call. You could even use Audacity on your laptop, desktop, or whatever, uh, as long as you have a, a decent microphone, whatever, and... Save it, email it to me, paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, and if need be, I always convert it over to an mp3 file right away, very easy to do through zomzar.com, so very easy, I appreciate doing that, and there you go. Um, I can only say thank you because they they offer that free website, so might as well thank them by giving them a shout out. Uh, <laughs> convert things over to mp3 files so I can use them on this show, and you'll be on here with me on Brave the Wild. So I want to wish you all a nice, safe, and happy week here as we enter the Christmas season and continue to get further into the Christmas season as it always flies by so quickly. Christmas and holiday season for those of you that celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. So I want to thank you very much again for being a part of this show. Please tell your friends about it if you could. Again, write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. would be greatly appreciated. Hopefully the Wild continue their winning ways, and I think they will as the Wild continue 
to have good months of December, often into January. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, sometimes you have December swoons, January swoons, this and that. We don't want any more swoons, though. Let's keep the swoons away. Let's keep the record better. Let's continue to move up into the division leader category. Wouldn't that be great if we get back there? Only four points to hand the Winnipeg Jets at this moment. So continue to climb back into the swing of things, make things very interesting. And, well, no swoon this time, hopefully. Now we maybe now we have a legitimate backup goalie, so that's really good news. Just imagine if Darcy Kemper was your goalie for the next week or two. Lord, we'd be dead. So think about it that way. Sit back and think of how wonderful it is to have Alex Salak on the roster and performing as well as he does. Ah, it, it's it's wonderful, isn't it? You actually have a backup goalie again. It's been about forever. So <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. Take care.